What's up, everyone? Welcome to our episode 83 of Movie Toast News and Reviews. This week, we're giving you something special, ladies and gents. Today is May the 6th, or as a lot of people in the Star Wars community have started calling it, Revenge of the Sixth. <laughs> It's the Movie Toast, the show, here for you. Dennis and Adam joke about orgasms and sweet movie reviews. We talk about TV too, right? I, I think so. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah! Dennis, how you doing today, man? Uh, can you believe that amazing May the 4th video we put out uh, on our YouTube page recently? Oh, that was a whole lot of fun. I am so excited for you guys to hear, hear your feedback on what you think. It, it was a fun time making it, fun time throwing it together. Uh, it, As you know, I'm a huge Star Wars fan. Adam Adam is a big old Star Wars fan himself, so it was it was fun putting that together for you guys. It's, uh, oh, yeah. And today should be a good show, too. Um, everyone knows the... Uh, this is the time of year we get to celebrate our Star Wars-ness, so let's, uh, I, I'm excited to jump into it, man. Yeah, so, um, ladies and gents, normally, if you're new to this show, I guess I'll, I'll fill you in. Normally, we start our episodes off with some uh, polls that we put out on social media and maybe a little bit of news, but this week, we decided to do something different. We're going to quiz each other in some Star Wars trivia. We don't know what we're asking one another, so we're just going to give five questions back and forth, and then we'll roll some reviews coming at you after that. So uh, you want to start us off, Dennis? Oh yeah, man, I'm I'm ready. I got the I got the first one up here for you. So in Star Wars: A New Hope, Tarkin is testing out the Death Star. On what planet is he testing the Death Star's main weapon? Is it Alderaan? Ah, oh, fuck! I feel like I, I got it wrong, but I'm gonna go with Alderaan. But wait, are there multiple choice? I don't know. You did. It's a, you don't even need the multiple choices, sir. You got it. Boom! All right. First one that done was and too done. Easy. All right. All right. I figured I figured I'd lob one across the plate for you. All right. So I'll throw you a bone as well. So um, question one for me. C-3PO is fluent in how many different languages? Over 30 million, over 40 million, over 50 million or over 60 million. Hmm. It's 30, 40 or 60. 30, yeah, 40, 30, 40, 50, 60. Yeah. Three through six with a zero on the end. Um, I thought this was a super uh, easy one, so now I, I feel bad about shit. my next no, 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 questions. No, no. <laughs> now I'm over. I am. Uh, oh, I am like over analyzing it. I'm trying to see the scene, and when he's what is it? He's standing at Jabba's palace, and he's like panic in a panic. He's saying, "I I can speak so many." I feel like wow. he says it so many times throughout the whole he, series. Like maybe each movie, he says it at least once. I, it's his uh, catchphrase, I think, but he says it so quick and the numbers what? are similar to one another. 30 million? I'd say I don't want to go too big. Do you want me to give you a 50-50 in this? Not, no, man. I, if I missed it, I missed it. That is, I should own it. I Here uh, I'm trying to tout my Star Wars fandom and I don't even know how many fucking languages Star, C-3PO speaks. All right, well, 30 million you said, right? That your final answer? Uh, I already, it already it feels wrong. I'm just fucking with you. I don't know. Let, uh, you, you are good at that. Yeah, let's go with the 30. All right. <laughs> Otherwise, I would have said 60. You're, you're 30 shy. It is 60. So oh, God damn it. Damn it. I was just like, 
60 sounds good, but that sounds like way too much. It's got to be. It no sounds part. really high. Yeah. yeah. And I didn't want to go above 60 because if I, if I put 70, 80, 90, it's like, well, clearly that is over 60. So it's legit. So I'm like, oh, I'll shy it back a bit. But now you know what we're working with. If that was an easy one for me, I feel, I feel like a dick. All right. All right. Uh, I won't, I won't feel so as bad. Uh, throw some hard ones my way. It's, it's not hard, but it just, you have to think about the scene. Okay. Uh, um, during the Millennium Falcon's escape from the Death Star, uh, Han and Luke uh, man the anti-aircraft turrets on the Millennium Falcon. How many barrels are on the anti-aircraft guns on the Millennium Falcon? Yeah, no multiple choice here, huh? I see how it goes. I'll give you. I'll give you. I'll give you. I'll give you four guesses: one, <laughs> two, three, or four. Mm. One of those was a number I was thinking, but now I'm like, ooh, ooh, ooh. You know, I wanted to say four initially, but I believe if I remember correctly, I think it was just fucking Luke piloting that himself. So I'm going to go with one and I'm false. I'm wrong, but I'm going to stick with one. Like you, if it wasn't one, it was four, but I'm sticking with one. <laughs> it was four. You're mm-hmm. right. That was, so Son it's there was it was a four barrel any aircraft gun and it was the top and bottom rows would fire simultaneously. So that oh. was the, the the action in the scene you keep seeing repeating over and over is the top and bottom <laughs> guns alternating nice. fire. There you go. All right. So we, we stepped right. it up a little bit for the second one. Let's. OK, this, this should right. be good. This should be good. All right, I'm hoping maybe you'll know this one, uh, but we'll find out. What is the we'll creature that lives in the garbage compactor in episode four? There's something alive in here. That's your imagination. Something just moved past my leg. Look! Did you see that? What? Is it an Acklay, a Diagnaga, a Pergil, or a Blurg? And I'm probably saying all those wrong, but they're all legit creatures. But only one of them lives in the trash compactor. I Do you want me to say him again? A, if you could say him again, yeah, because it's like, I don't think it's a Blurg. Right. I think Blurgs live on, uh, what, uh, shit, what's the, the Yoda's right, planet? So um, yeah, go through Dagobah. <laughs> Dagobah, uh, yeah. Acklay. Oh no, sorry. Acla- Dianaga, Pergil, and Blurg. Ooh, fuck. It's like I know I've heard I've heard all of these before, so it it's, yeah. Arc- yeah I this don't... this was do you do you want a fifty fifty? Wanna slash it down? Or want me to get rid oh, of sh- one? It's like a yeah, go, all right, sure. Yeah. Which one? Fifty fifty or get rid of uh, one? I'll, I'll save those for for the 50, two 50, 50 it let's All let's right. yeah let's cut it in All half right, so so i got a dianaga and a blurg oh dianaga all right yes that that is correct sir i was hoping okay. i trick you because you were questioning the blurg it's like blurgs I, i'm quite sure i remember being either something that was seen a lot at one point in the one of the animated series they have hmm. to deal with blurgs but i Nice. I, I'd say I know I've heard characters talk about it before, but 
Yeah, and that, now right. I'm going back. Right. I'm like, they never said the name. So, but it's good. Now we're tied one to one. Let the heat <laughs> go. So I'm thinking that's what I'll give you. I'll give you, you did the 50-50, then I'll slash one for, for another question. Okay, okay. Yeah, um, if need be. All right, all right. Let's see. Now Now I got to, let, let me make sure this is going to be a fair shot here. It doesn't have to be fair. You can fight dirty. You can be like Count Dooku. <laughs> um, who was the first character out of our band of rebel heroes to enter Jabba's palace in Return of the Jedi? Ooh, with the exclusion, with the exclusion of Han Solo, not including okay, thought, Han Solo, Frozen, and Carbonite. I was like, Carbonite is legit, uh, but out of our that would that would have been a good. Oh no, see, I'm not I ain't gonna burn you that way. Um, uh, but out of these characters, who who showed up first? Uh, I feel like I know what it is uh, now. Now, am I am I wrong here? But I'm gonna tell you. Uh, I'm gonna say Bosch. I'm gonna say the bounty hunter Bosch, which is Leia. But I'm probably wrong because it's probably Luke coming in oh. all dressed in black like a badass. But I'm gonna say what Bosch. I'm gonna say Leia. I was good. Yeah, yeah. Leia lays lays up first. Okay. Lays up first. She's the. I just love. What I was going to do is. Oh, hell yeah. Actually, in, what is it? Uh, um, Battlefront 2. That's my favorite costume for for the Leia hero character. And it actually changes her voice to the language that Bosch speaks when you <laughs> when you're wearing your helmet. Yeah, yeah, it's it's fun. But what, what was your tomfoolery that you were going to do? Well, the only thing I was going to do was leave out uh, Lando because he's the only one you're really not well, sure. He, he was uh, already there, wasn't he? I, I believe he or, and Bosch well, are he, all pretty basic. Yeah. Like essentially, they were already in the palace before Luke and Prepio. Well, arrived. you did say you did say our original our original heroes. So I wasn't going to count fucking Lando, but no, I do appreciate. Oh, he's this. the man. He's the man. Oh no, he's he's by far <laughs> my favorite. But I mean, you didn't say out of our, our out of our trader friends. But um, so I'll give you one here from from episode one, the Phantom Menace. Um, Ooh. what age did Padme Amidala become queen? 10, 12, 14, or 16? 16. Okay. 16 is your final answer? Yeah. It was 14. Oh, Close enough. damn. Oof. Yeah. I don't grilled. know. I mean, it, 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 it was episode one, so I'm not going to hold you down. I don't even know if they say that in the movie. So it was a good guess. Yeah. Man, I because I assumed it, uh, I knew it wasn't she had been ruling for a minute, but I didn't think it was that long. Apparently, it was a little longer mm. than I thought at, at that point. All right, we so go. what where are we at? We're at two to one. So throw, throw me a toughie here. All right. Let's get dangerous. Darkwing Duck. OK. During the mission briefing for the Death Star run. Luke, uh, they, they describe what it's going to take to to destroy the Death Star. Proton torpedo shot down the exhaust port. And they start complaining about how fucking crazy a shot it is. What ship does Luke describe he's able to make the, an, an even crazier shot with back home? Not something at Toshi Station because he never made it that far. Um, what what? Uh, not a land speeder. The, the craft. I don't get multiple yeah. choice. Uh, Oof. Um. Here. Here. Um, I'm giving you multiple choice here, sir. Yeah. 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 So we got 
we got a land speeder, a speeder bike, a sky hopper, or a snow speeder. I mean, a land speeder is all we saw back on his home planet, I'm pretty sure, but uh, I'm going to go with a land speeder, even though it's probably not because they don't shoot shit, but. Mm, mm. Do you want to okay. use any things? No. Well, I should because what do we got? Like one ep- one question left after this. I think so. Hmm. Can I can I hear them again? Because I want to see if you remember what you what malarkey you threw my way. A land speeder, a speeder mm-hmm. bike, a sky hopper, or a snow speeder. I don't know what the fuck a sky hopper or snow speeder is, but I don't know. I'll just stay with fucking land speeder and know it's probably, you know, let's get rid of, let's, let's go, go down to the two 50, 50 me. All right. Land speeder or sky hopper. Now, now you knew I wanted to say land speeder, but sky hopper, I was unclear about, and that sounds like it might shoot shits, but I'm going to stick with land speeder. Alrighty, should have gone, should have gone the other way, my friend. It's not impossible. I used to bullseye womp rats in my T16 back home. They're not much bigger than two meters. T16 is a skyhopper. It, it, it's okay. A, it's a ship. It looks very similar to the Imperial shuttle when the wings are deployed. So it's kind of that three pointed ship. It was. It's really done because you don't actually see it in the movies, but he does. He mm. does say he does mention. Yeah, I, he, I na- do he names remember it. that. And then, uh, I, um, what is it? I used to bullseye womp rats with my T-16 back home. Um, <laughs> that's legit. That's, that's I good. I believe in the Rogue Squadron games, it's usually like, it's a really common like first level. They make you fly one of these hmm. stupid things. Well, I haven't played. I, I made made a character and that's about as far as I made it so far. So I'm going to oh. jump to my next question here. Uh, in the first Death Star, what detention block was Princess Leia being held in? AA-23, AA-32, AA-44, or AA-55. Can you repeat those? Detention block. All right, so what's detention block? You know, like when fucking Luke has to go and save her and he has the hots for his sister. I'm going (laughs) AA-23, AA-32, AA-44, and AA-55. 23, 32, 44, 55, all AAs in front of them. Oh, fuck. I remember all I can see is him saying the name of the cell block and it's the stupid, it's the, that THX number. Mm-hmm. It's the cell block one, one, three, eight. But I don't remember the, or like the cell number, but not the actual mm. fucking the level, the, the detention level. Son of a bitch. Uh, oh, sorry. I, I you got so good many ones. Questions. You got good ones. There, there were so many online that were so easy. I was trying to pull some hard ones here, and you did. I feel like um, the next one. I think you'll you'll nail the next one. I promise. No, I like the challenge. It's making me. So twenty three, twenty three, and thirty two. I feel like are there to th- are the mixy up ones. It's one. I feel like it's one of those two. <laughs> um. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Which one are you going to lock in? Let's go 32. AA 32. Which one are you going to lock? Okay. 32. You should have stuck with uh, 23. <laughs> <laughs> oh, close, son of a bitch. Close. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Whew. So two to one, right? Is that where we're at? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I, like I said, the next one's a pretty easy one. So 
if you if you got a barn burner on this, we could tie it up and shit. We don't have a tiebreaker. <laughs> well, I'll find one, I guess. If for me, you could pull something out. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. So I'll let you go with your last and final question. Oh, man. Let's see. OK. Oh, here we go. OK. All right. Here's a multiple choice one, like as we've been going. Finally. On what planet was Luke's mechanical hand damaged? Was it A, Hoth, <laughs> B, Endor, C, Tatooine, or D, Dantooine? Mm. I want to say Hoth, but I feel like Dantooine sounds like it could be something. Mm. One more time, the, the four again. One more time, please. Hoth. Endor, Tatooine, or Dantooine? I, I know it wasn't Tatooine. I know it wasn't Endor. Because he was in the snow, he couldn't fully use the force. I'm going to go with Hoth. Final answer. Mm-hmm. I'm going with Hoth. Hothing it up. Oh, so that's, that's a swing and a miss, sir. <laughs> so it, it was on Tatooine. This was on Jabba oh. the Hutt's sail barge during the rescue oh. attempt. Luke was shot in the hand while while dueling the guards at the on the bridge. Um, huh. And then, yeah, that's when he has to start wearing the glove. Well, that's fantastic. I'm like, it's not on Tatooine. It's not Tatooine. Yeah, exactly. that. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm glad you couldn't see me smiling. <laughs> hmm. All right. All right. That's that's good. That's good, because I think we're going to tie it up with this next one. All right. Lay it on me. How many episodes of Star Wars did George Lucas direct? Two, three, four, or five? Two, three, four, or five. Hmm. That's right. I feel really stupid not knowing this off the top of my head. I wanted I want to work you through the process, but I'm like, I'll give away the answer at that point. Yeah. Um, I really thought you'd have this one in a, in a second. My apologies. Trying to remember, because now I'm trying to roll, like, I'm trying to remember credit rolls. This is dumb. <laughs> three. He directed three of them, right? All right. George Lucas directed Birds. episode one, episode two, episode three, and episode four. Ah, <laughs> oh, fuck. It was because he did all the prequels and then he did a, a new hope, yeah, new hope. I knew it was yeah. a new hope. And I was like, I, what I was struggling with to remember is whether or not he did uh, revenge of the Sith episode mm. three. I was, that was the only one I was unsure of. Oh, I'm a failure. I'm a miserable failure uh, <laughs> of star Wars fandom. No, you no, I, I pulled some obscured ones. Uh, I really thought you get that one. I'm like, I'll, I'll pat it with a good in the beginning, good in the end. Hey, I not? asked for it, man. I asked for it. I wanted the, I wanted the big guns. It's just there were so many that were too easy, and I feel bad. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I feel like that, that was, was good. fun. That was yeah. fun. I liked that. I liked the yeah. challenge. <laughs> that was cool. Made us think, and it's like we know what we're talking about. No, we don't. We have no clue. <laughs> yeah, man. See here, I could you could think I'm all I'm all ready, and it's like, oh wow, everything I think I know is just useless. <laughs> that is, mm. it's not. And I really important. wanted to get something from the fucking the last three, but I'm like, I couldn't find anything that was like, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. Uh, I feel bad throwing in the Padme one, 
but it's, I don't know. Well, it's funny. It's like, well, we've had more time in our lives to watch those as well. That mm-hmm. in, in reality, we could have only watched the three most recent Star Wars films only so many times versus how many times we've seen episodes four, five, six, one, two, and three. True. Probably, probably a few more shit. I've watched the Mandalorian series more times than I've watched the more recent Star Wars movies. Now, <laughs> I think I've gone I'd... through it. I just watched it for fun again. Uh, I'll, uh, what, two times now? Maybe three times oh, I've wow. gone through the Mandalorian. Huh. Yeah, it's 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 now become a background noise show in, in my house to the point to where it's not it's not an effective one because I'll find myself <laughs> sitting down and just fucking watching it when I should be doing, I don't know, folding laundry or some shit. It's really, it's one of those. Hey, like, yeah, no, it's yeah, a great, yeah, it's a great show, and you get pumped up when you hear that. Like, every time, every single time, <laughs> oh, yeah. every episode, and I can't skip it. Like, I gotta watch the whole thing. It's it's and, my yeah. ringtone right now. Like I, <laughs> oh, I, I had it for quite some time, and it's like the thing about it. It's like even most shows, I'm like I don't want to watch the closing credits or whatnot. But just the beautiful artwork and the music, oh, it's like God, I yes. need to. Yes. Yeah. Which it's funny that you say that because that leads me to my first review here, Dennis. I watched the uh, the very special uh, Star Wars vintage cartoon from the holiday. Sorry, Ooh. yeah, the holiday special. The story of the faithful Wookiee. Starlog 324-1. From the bridge of the cruiser RS Revenge, Captain Kaiser Henry reporting. We are waiting the return of Captain Han Solo and his first mate Chewbacca, who are long overdue on a delicate mission to acquire the mystical talisman, which has been sought by our forces and by the Empire. Where we first meet Boba Fett. Oh, um, nice. First appearance. Love it. Yeah. Animated style, too. So pretty much fucking... Uh, the Millennium Falcon's out on a mission with fucking Han and Chewie, and uh, something goes awry, and they they see a video of like Han's upside down being dangled by something, and and Chewie's freaking out, and they and fucking Luke, C three PO, and R two fly to a planet to go find find out what's going on, and they're being attacked by like a dinosaur type creature, but then a a guy, a bounty hunter shows up and saves them. And he's like, Oh, the, the, the fucking ship you're looking for. Yeah, man, I can get you there. And like, uh, Luke's like, Oh, cool. Yeah. And he's like, Oh, what a good friend. And like C3PO is like, I don't know if we should trust him being fucking <clears throat> C3PO and all that. And, uh, pretty much he gets there and it turns out fucking Luke passes out and it turns out like, there, the, the, there's something that makes humans pass out, and uh, it's it's weird, it's creepy, it's fun, uh, but kind of Boba Fett's a hero in this, and uh, well, you think huh. he's a hero, but we find out he's really doing this for Lord Vader, and uh, luckily Chewie finds out eventually, and uh, for some reason Boba Fett just flies away in his jetpacks at the end. But there's there's a scene where like <laughs> Boba Fett's uh fucking riding a dinosaur creature for a bit and he like it, it's something. It's weird. And he and he likes to say friend a lot or he's like this way, friend, or no problem, friend. And it's like, what? This is odd, but hmm. it was fun. It was cute. Okay. Uh I'm gonna give the story of the faithful Wookiee two and a half slices of toast. Okay. Check it out on Disney Plus. I was going to say, uh, when you mentioned the writing the dinosaur thing, it's like that's actually imagery that gets referenced a lot throughout uh, various um, various sources. I mean, it's mentioned, huh. I was just talking about the Mandalorian and Knights of the Old Republic. That was a thing 
way back in the day, the Mandalorians used to do when they would conquer planets, they would ride fucking dragons from space down onto the planet surface and ravage cities with space <laughs> dragons. But the thing that's cool about it, like it, it totally looks like vintage and old, but it has the actual cast. It has all our all our heroes and everyone from the movies voicing these characters. Oh, cool. Oh, damn. So that's kind of neat. That's awesome. And the animation's beautiful. It's interesting. Uh, I will say Han has a weird elongated face, which is kind of weird, but it's charming. <laughs> so what um, is there anything else about uh, Boba Fett that's established, like any of his weapons or anything that he uses? You mentioned the jetpack. He has the jetpack and he has like a prong, uh, like like a little stick that he, that he prongs the dinosaur with. And he has a blaster, of course. Um, yeah, huh. nothing is that the really sticks out. Is the prod weapon? Is that anything reminiscent of like uh, uh, what our hero in the Mandalorian? His rifle? Is there like, a little bit? But I don't, similarly... I don't recall him shooting it. But yeah, I'd say it's probably sure. close to that. Yeah, huh. and. Uh, but his armor looks a little bit different color wise, I think. But I could. Oh, sure. I, I believe uh, because at that point they only had the toy of Boba Fett that they had made before he appeared in the movie. So I think he was originally only gray. Like the action figure was all gray. So it would make hmm. sense uh, why he was, the yeah, he was you know, monocolor is primarily white, gray and like a uh, light brown. So it was a little hmm, bit different, but weird. you still get it. Huh. You still know who he Interesting. is. Yeah, like it's it's a quick seven or nine minute watch and uh, it's cute. It's just fun. I love it. Like the the jankiness of the 70s or 80s whenever it was made. It's, it's <laughs> yeah. So what, what do you think for a Star Wars review was? Well, uh, I guess I can keep with the animated theme here. I actually hammered through the Star Wars uh, 2D micro series. Unfortunately, this was a series that was short-lived and as incredible an artist and showrunner as Gennady Tartakovsky, I'm sure I apologize, folks, if I'm butchering his name. Uh, being a, you know, 90s era kid, I loved those cartoons. I grew up watching um, Dexter's Lab and um, his Samurai era, Jack. Samurai Jack, the classic. I mean, the infamous Samurai Jack. Um, it, it, he has that look and style. It's very recognizable and it's... Uh, very, very, very well done. Incredible artwork. And it, it's you see it immediately in this series um, and as not just with the art style, but the story, the storytelling style is recognizable as well. Uh, a lot of those long pregnant pauses between actions and it just builds up that anticipation, just like Samurai Jack did. And it which makes sense because I feel like we were kind of in that same era. It wasn't long after Samurai Jack when the mm. series was made. Um and it is it's fast. This series moves quick. Uh, I had watched the other the the 3D animated series as well. And what's mm. interesting is there are a lot of parallels between the two, um, which makes sense. I mean, Lucasfilm probably had the, a lot of the framework already written out. And we already knew um, where the other end of the story was going to land at that point that we were obviously the Clone Wars were underway and we were going to get to the Order 66. But what, you know filling in those gaps was really with the creative license that they get to take. Uh, one of my favorite characters from the other series, uh, thankfully she all still makes an appearance here, which 
just shows how uh, important she was in the ex- originally in the expanded universe. And that is Asajj Ventress. Oh, I don't know who she is. <laughs> uh, she is. She is one of the night uh, one of the night sisters. It was a race that they had basically they had another interpretation of the force where they didn't see a dark side light side. They saw it as magic and they manipulated magic to their will. And they are basically the other half of the Dathomirians, um, or they are Dathomirians, uh, but they of this specific like religious sect. So the people that um, Darth Maul came from. His planet was the moon of where Asajj Ventress came from. So the backstory of how we ever got to meet Darth Maul in the first place, why he was ever a Sith, um, is where she comes from. And she technically sure. predates him. Or she's she was the replacement for Darth Maul to uh, uh, Dooku or Lord Tyrannus, um, Darth Tyrannus, hmm. if you want to give him a Sith name. But uh, it's there. It was cool to kind of see that, OK, she was always going to be Maul's replacement. She was always like a incredibly powerful uh, warrior. They depicted her in a very similar manner. She had the same lightsabers. She fought the same way. Um, I, I liked that she kind of had the same presence. Luke kind of takes the similar dark turn where you're seeing his dark side kind of slowly get released. Um, we oh, get Luke's to see some of these. Luke, I'm sorry, Luke. Anakin, my mistake. Oh, okay, sorry, sorry. I, yeah. I was like, sure, Anakin, I, time travel. You see, you see Anakin's slow dip into the dark side. Um, you're seeing uh, Kenobi's rise to being a general in an army, and it's a different man than who we met at the beginning, like who we meet hmm. in the movies. He's not. He can't be the calm, cool, collected Jedi all the time. He has to be a killer and a decision maker. There are several other Jedi that um, that were named uh, throughout the series who we actually see in who we, we actually see them die when they give or, uh, Order sixty six. Uh, Ayla Sakura, um, Kaiati Mundi, Ima Gundi, and I was like I could just keep rattling all these characters off; they'll mean nothing. But a lot of um, who were famous Jedi at the time or in other, other iterations, they got their stories told in the series and it was kind of cool to see them compressed into these tiny little, little, little crumbs. These were, these were star Wars movie crumbs. Uh, I, you can knock the whole series out in two hours. And uh, I actually had a great time watching it. It was, it, I was able to come away with feeling like I watched the other Clone Wars series just in a much shorter burst. So I can easily give uh, Clone Wars, the micro series, uh, two and a half slices. It's it. it there, there's definitely things I feel like I was missing, and there took some liberties with just the way they uh, reimagined some of the vehicles and the way they kind of handle some uh, situations. Just weren't like quote unquote the Jedi way, or the the show creators kind of took liberties with things that we've already seen in the movies. So it's like, why did you change this? We already know. Hmm. Uh, it's X, Y, or Z. And it's just minute details. Some of their ships are different. Some of the droids are different. Some of the weapons they use are a little different. The clones behave differently. Um, we do get um, Commander Cody still. Commander Cody is the same character. The only difference is instead of being in Command Yellow, he is a... Uh, um, what are they called? Oh, my God. There is a specific group of like Special Forces clones. He's one of those instead now. And that was originally what Rex is um regardless yeah two and a half slices i i had a great time if if you liked the other clone war series definitely should give it a shot if you like this uh particular 
um, show creator, uh, please give it a chance. It's it's a good watch. It feels like you're watching a quick uh, animated film if you are willing to burn through the the two halves. Um, the only thing I will say that's kind of funky is you kind of get the episode breaks. You still feel them because you'll hear the music transition fades in and out and they'll be kind of jarring. So that was kind of another that was another detractor for me that kind of brought the the number down. I kind of wish I just saw it in its entirety. Um, I don't care if, if if they were 15 minutes long, like it got annoying to hear the music cue start to come up and then get cut off as we smash cut into the next scene. So that that was that was a little annoying to get through. But, but yeah, sense. two and a half slices. Yeah, um, man, I'm I'm excited for this because I honestly didn't watch the original Clone War or not the original, the the Clone Wars that most people know. Uh, but I love the animation style of this. And like you said, you're kind of watching a similar story. So that's kind of cool. Um, and this is on Disney Plus, too, as I believe. Right. Yep. It was dropped the same time as Faithful Wookiee and some of the other things we're probably about to review in the nice. uh, the nostalgia Star Wars uh, mm. segment or banner that they released under. Nice. Well, being our Revenge of the Sixth episode uh, and sticking with bad guys and whatnot and animation, I watched a short film from 2015 on YouTube called The The Fighter. It's uh, kind of about a uh, dogfight style animation. It's it's like an anime short kind of, but with like CG, but still looks like a cool style, like 80s style anime. Uh, it's about... Uh, the Empire and the Rebel Alliance having a tie, uh, having having like a battle in space, and you're seeing uh, the POV of a uh, Tie Fighter pilot. So you're seeing the Imperials, you're seeing their side of things, and it's kind of cool. So uh, awesome. Okay. Yeah, and like uh, this was made over the course of four years over the weekends, and uh, they they stale audio and similar visual styles from the Tie Fighter video game from '94. They even take audio from it, and it's just a fun watch. Like. It something about it, it. It's it's more faithful than the faithful Wookiee, I think, because it's just so cool to see the opposite uh, side. Oh, seeing hell how, yeah, how how those guys function and just it's so visually beautiful. Like, and it's a seven hell yeah. minute watch. Yeah. So I I, say, I I know which short. Oh, sorry. I, no, no, please no, continue. No, no, you got you go. You good? I was gonna say I I, I know which uh, short you're talking about. I loved this thing. It it's a uh, um, and I'm curious because there are a couple different versions. Um, hmm. there, there's the original edit and then there's a couple like fan re-edits of it where they folded in a few more modern uh, sound effects and they redid some of the music. Yeah, just to I, watched, update it a little bit. I watched the uh, the remastered one. So, oh, uh, nice. OK, probably that's my that's my yeah. favorite one uh, yeah. that uses. I know some of the sound effects from the uh, the Star Wars uh, RTS game, the real time strategy. Uh, hmm. What was that called? Galaxy War. It uses some of the sound effects from that because it. I love the dogfight radio, like that's the sound of them talking through their radios. Yeah, you know, yeah, during the dogfight, kinda... I love that shit. Mm-hmm. All the jargon they're using and just, oh, it's 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 like Top Gun meets Star Wars, and I I love that feeling. It was a. Uh, oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds great. Like you're hearing like a muffled, like kind of like intercom style. Yeah, it's just all the visuals, the audio. It's, it's very visceral. Smash. Yeah, yeah. And like you're in it like you don't you don't start slow. You just you're in the shit right away. Uh, that's why I'm going to give the fighter three slices of toast. Sweet. Yeah. 
But Dennis, uh, we both reviewed something uh, together, I think, right? Yes, we did, man. I uh, At first, I wasn't on board, but you convinced me. And I'm like, you know what? I never got to have this experience. So I would. I decided to join, join in on it with you. Uh, this was, um, again, in that release of Star Wars Nostalgia on Disney+. Plus. We're talking about Caravan of Courage, an Ewok adventure. In a galaxy far, far away. A brother and sister search for their missing parents. How are we going to find them? We will. Don't worry. And fate leads them to the magical Ewoks. We help you. Now, a great adventure begins. You hear that? This was a TV movie made for ABC back in 1984, and the story was actually written by George Lucas himself. Uh, Turns out uh, he wanted to make it for his daughter, who was a fan of the the furry little buggers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, why not? Who doesn't love a who doesn't love an Ewok? Right. (sighs) Apparently a lot of people, Dennis. A A lot of people. Apparently a lot of people. (laughs) I loved them. Uh, they're they're my my favorite. If you watched her video recently, I said I'd like to live with them as long as they didn't try to eat me. Um, but yeah, this 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 I remember watching as a kid. Like I had a VHS copy. I think they played it on like oh. Disney Channel at one point, and I loved this awesome. and, and the other one. Uh, uh, but yeah, so this pretty much is about there's there's a family that crashes on the planet of. Uh, what the fuck's the planet? I was gonna say Endor, but it's not Endor. Endor. It's, yeah, it's Endor. Yeah. yeah. yeah well, so there. Yeah. Well, uh, moon off of Endor. Yeah. Well, that's and, uh, see. That's funny. Is that's that's always the misconception. Then then it is Endor, but Endor is a moon of another planet. So the the forest moon Star Endor, Wars. not the forest moon of Endor. I think is where the mis the misquote comes up a lot. As to, yeah, I know it's dumb, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> you so, are correct. So. The- you got this family and like they crash there in this little, like, I guess it's kind of like a trailer uh, vehicle, but it's, it's, it's like a, it's a transport. It's a small transport vehicle. They're, they're traders or their father was a merchant. And, uh, you see the parents freaking out. They're trying to find their kids. Their kids escaped. And, uh, they're, they're like, what's going on? And then the parents get taken by a big Wookiee type creature that looks evil and menacing. And then we see fucking Ewoks and they're, they're saving the kids and whatnot. They're like, we'll help you find your family. But no, no, man, they fucking make Ewok noises and they get their creature. Their faces look so fucked up in this, man. I don't know. Uh, I mean, can I, can I be honest <laughs> with you for a second, man? What? Oh, what? What's up, man? I, I was pushing to watch these movies, and uh, I did a lot of fast forwarding. And uh, oh no, <laughs> I, I can just, understand. I couldn't, I couldn't. I couldn't do this, and I couldn't. <laughs> I, I thought maybe I'll watch the next one, and even Wilfred Brimley himself couldn't save me and make me watch it, man. So I kind of did a little fast forward action. But I will say the one thing that stuck out to me. Um, did you what's, see what's who, the set, who the set designer was in this? Kind of the name came up in the titles, and I'm like, "Ooh, wow!" I, you know, it's funny. I remember, I remember that sticking out to me, um, especially give the, the difference between the first and second one. Um, I, I don't, I don't recall the name off the top of my head off right now. It's a, it's a, it's a very, I want to say, famous uh, director, uh, uh, Joe. Uh, <laughs> 
I think it's Joe Johnston. Uh, he did Jumanji, Captain America, and a bunch of movies in between. No movies. shit. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, I think he was friends with Lucas. Oh or something. man, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's excited. funny. Look at that. Yeah. Wow. Um, you know, it's funny. It, you never know where your career is gonna gonna go. You know, that's a uh, mm-hmm. huh. that is funny, huh? But saying that, I felt like watching this movie, like we weren't on Endor in my book. It's not the Endor I remember from the fucking last flick. And it's like it it made me it made me think more of this is like kind of a sci fi version of fucking Little House on the Prairie. And it's just you're looking at fields. It's like sure. There was no no budget put into this. Oh, God, it it really Uh, hurt me. Supposedly, um, they gave him two million dollars that. It looks like and um, I looked up online. They shot the whole thing in L.A. and Marin County, and it just fucking looks like they're up in the hills off the I-5. Like, That's what I, I literally felt like that was something there. Like, yeah. yeah, let's get these shots for sure. Uh, they, like when they do the hang glider bit and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. It's now what I got to give them, though, is that they did an interesting amount of work with very little. Like they didn't have, they only had a handful of props. They had a handful of actual locations where they did like some stuff. Um, hmm. They like going in and out of the, 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 the cave or the, uh, the temple of the giant, the Gorax, <laughs> Gornax or whatever, whatever it's called. Um, that was uh, like, that was kind of interesting seeing the giant steps and, you know, like the giant versions of things, but Oh my God, it was just painful to get through. The kids were awful. The two kids oh, are terrible. They're terrible. They're- How in the living hell were they casted to star in anything? Because mm-hmm. they were both awful the whole way through. Seriously, uh, I mean, Wicket carries the movie, mm-hmm. and he can't. Oh, yeah. He doesn't even speak English, and he carries the movie. <laughs> it, the Ewoks carry the movie. The saddest part when the badass lumberjack Ewok <laughs> dies. That he was the the bad motherfucker. Of course, he goes down. <laughs> And he wants to give, and he gives him his axe, <laughs> and and here's my axe. So all I can think of is Gimli. The fellowship. Um, <laughs> the fellowship. The fellowship's dead, brah. It was busted <laughs> up. Um, yeah, that was that was really rough. That was really hard to get to. The only understandable reason I could see to go back to watch it is if you like your instance of you had seen it before as a child, you have memories of watching it. Um, I had, after reading a few things online, uh, there's some interviews with the actor. He gets, you know, he got a lot of shit for it, but he says he appreciates that there are people who have fond memories of like playing Caravan of, uh, Caravan of Courage as a kid, pretending that they were Mace, the, the main character. You know, they yeah, were let's there. talk about, what is it? Mace and like Cathedral or something? What the fuck are these names? Sin, uh, Sin, Sindel. Oh. Citadel, Citadel. No, Sindel. I was all I could think of was the Mortal Kombat character. Every time they said her name, I was just half expecting her to start screaming and (laughs) Melina to show up. Um, But that was last week. Uh, And how (laughs) anticlimactic is the ending? The the boy climbs up and like bust the parents out but the fucking Ewoks have to bring up a rope I'm like what the fuck am I watching oh that weird like convoluted way of saving the parents was funky yeah and and friendship and love are the most powerful things in the galaxy for our lives classic we get the fucking Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer Snowman narrating us through what the fuck is that I think they just they picked something familiar to it that a child, a children's audience. So if you think about a TV movie like Rudolph was, let's use a voice that the family is going to recognize. Kids are going to recognize telling a kid's story. Parents are going to recognize as this guy who sings music. But he's also 
I don't know. It's like warm and inviting. That I like. I like Burla's voice. But it, you're right. It's a weird thing. It's not Star Wars. I'm sure tons no. of viewers tuned in expecting to watch Star Wars, and instead they got Goldilocks and the Three Bears, which George mm-hmm. Lucas said that is what they set out to make: Goldilocks right. and the Three Good Bears with Ewoks. Um, and that, uh, yeah. I, I've, for slicage, though, I it, it ain't going to look pretty, man. I, I'm going to tell you right now, I, I gave Caravan of Courage one and a half slices, and that was being generous because it's Star Wars, and I appreciated their recycled use of the Ewok costumes. <laughs> they got a lot of use out of very few things. They really um, pulled from the trauma verse here. They just recycled. Yes. Oh, my things. goodness. Yes. Yeah, I'm going to give Caravan of Courage on Disney Plus one slice of toast. I'm going to go half a slice less than you, Dennis. I wanted to give it half a slice in general, but I'm like, nah, man, they they tried. They put the work in, but uh, it didn't pay off for me. And we got to forget, <laughs> this is like 35, almost 40 years ago. So I guess some things were lost in translation in time, maybe being generous there. I, I could not watch the next movie. <laughs> well, I for one did watch the next movie. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> you know what though? I got to be honest, I was very very decently surprised. We get a lot better in the second one. And I'm like it is night and day difference between the first and second movie. Like they the budget's bigger. Um the all of that terrible cast that we had a problem with, we killed them off in the first 5 minutes. Like oh, all the Tuani family, except for the little girl, dies right oh. off the bat. Uh, there's this um, there's this force of invaders. So we things start start off all peaceful and calm. Their Tuani family has finally got their star cruiser back together. They're literally just about to take off. So Sindel's father uh, tells her, "Go get your mother and brother. We're gonna we're gonna take off. We finally have the ship finished. It's been long enough. It looks like it's been a considerable amount of time, like maybe a year." Um, everyone's like grown at least that much. Mm. And I think that's, there was that much time between releases. Um, she runs back to the village only to find that they're under attack by some invading force. These are kind of like, not an alien race we've seen before, but it's clearly some type of marauder gang. Their, their, uh, armors kind of piecemeal together. Their weapons are all kind of random, but they don't use a lot of blasters. It's a lot of melee weapons. But through sheer strength and overwhelming force, they overtake the whole village. They kill her mother. They kill her Ooh. brother. And yeah. then it, while she's fleeing the village, Wicket uh, ta- is, is, takes her and they're, they're trying to run out of the village to get back to the ship. Uh, she gets back to the ship just in time to see her father getting attacked by the aliens. The aliens are asking for his magical power. He's just like, what are you talking about? They start shooting at him. He gets shot a couple times, and he but he gets away, finds his daughter hiding in the forest, tells her, you need to run. Don't wait here for me. You need to go. You need to go. She's crying, of course, you know, because she just literally just watched her entire family die. <laughs> and he said, you need to go live. You need to be the survivor. And she does. She runs, and he dies. He gets executed by these aliens, nice. or these, these, these raiders. Um, she, she and Wicket flee. All of the other... Uh, well, they start to flee and then they get captured. So she, along with the rest of the Ewoks, are now in these like uh, trailer, these this prison caravan to God knows where. Um, Wicket, his his uh, father, mother, and brothers are all still there. Um, they're all actually in the same same cage together. They're able to pull one of the boards out of the floor, and uh, Sindel and Wicket are the only ones small enough able to escape. 
So while they're able to get away, the rest of them are getting hauled off. They get chased out. They they get caught trying to escape and they're chased off. They find that they get it's they get in their this whole side quest thing of like they're trying to find their way back to the group. But they also know that they can't do very much. And this like this moves really fast uh, where the last movie just dragged and dragged and took forever. There's all these stupid little gags and they got all these dumb little things that they do with the. And then, oh, look, then we fall in the pond and oh, no, you can't climb it except for the magic stick. And I don't want to rot. None of that shit. All of that shit is gone. We, we, we take huh. all of that stuff out. It is survival and we need to find our Ewoks. Uh, it's Battle it, it, of Endor sounds badass. It's like it's like you, what's funny is you stop short of the good one. Battle of Endor got a lot better. Um, now, the, the actress playing Sendell, it's the same little girl. She's still terrible. And the only other weird thing for me is Wicket speaks perfect galactic standard now. What the like, fuck is that? Right off the bat. Uh, English. Can we talk about for a second? No, I mean, I know that. Oh, you mean, oh, oh, gotcha. Yeah. Like, why, like, why does he? Now, I guess yeah. now I have now after watching the movies, I have to say I came up with the headcanon of how I could try to explain this to the, fit the in with the other movies. In English? He, yeah, because it looks like, yeah. Like I said, it looks like they were there probably a year because all both kids age up. You see, because you see Mace before he dies, and then Sendell. She's mm-hmm. obviously a little older. Um, because it's broken English, but Wicket has learned enough to communicate pretty well. They can just uh, he and Sendell can talk straight back and forth. Nice. Uh, the other Ewoks, not as much. Like um, it's kind of like an understood. They can understand some English, but they still kind of need Wicket to translate when it's more complex ideas. Uh, cool. she'll often speak to him and then he'll speak to the group kind of deal. Um, and we haven't even got to, uh, the other guy, the Wilford Brimley in the forest, but anyways, yeah, the, that, that was the, him. so while, while they're running away, they come across this hut and, uh, when they're in, um, they, there's this crazy little alien dude that, uh, runs around really fast. It's like a little Sonic the Hedgehog, but it's really cute and hmm. tries to offer him food and shelter and, when uh, Wilfred Brimley comes back to, I love, I just keep calling him that. <laughs> when he comes back to his hut, he's like, I don't want any visitors. Get out of here. Wilfred Brimley I doesn't. Di- I got diabetes. <laughs> I, I can't, I can't feed kids. Get out of here. So, I check my blood pressure and I check it daily. <laughs> I stick my fingers. No, so Noah is the name of Wilfred Brimley's character. Uh, he begrudgingly takes him in and decides he's going to give them shelter, but. He goes off every day to go do something and the kids, you know, they follow him. And turns out he's working on a he was he crash landed on Endor like decades ago. And uh, his buddy went out to look for a new power source and died. Long story short, we got to go over save the Ewoks. He helps them save the Ewoks. We save the day. The end of the day, Sindel's like, I got to go be with my people. I need to go continue like growing up and learning and go to school and stuff. Uh, he and Noah or she and Noah leave the planet. Um the Ewoks are saved. All, all is good in the world. I get now to get back to my headcanon thing. This the way I think it's trying to fit into the universe. It's this is supposed to take place. Uh, I l- had to look it up. The official announcement when it came out is this is three ABY. So this is three years after the Battle of Yavin. This is t- uh, parallel to the events of Empire Strikes Back. So what I'm thinking is the reason why they're even able to meet the Ewoks without them trying to fucking eat them right off the bat is they haven't spent a lot of time with the Empire. They have had very little influence uh, with that aspect. Apparently, you see a toy like there's a young Ewok playing with a toy that looks like an ATST, And Hmm. clearly, this is like a prop that is left over 
that they just recycled. But I think the only suggestion is they're somewhat aware that the Empire exists, but the, they have not established the base for the shield generator on Endor yet. So they don't have they haven't forced any Ewoks off their land yet. Now, by the time you get to the events of Return of the Jedi and we see them living in the in the uh, um, that city elevated in the forest canopy, that is when mm. I think all of the Ewoks have more or less gone into hiding or they have been corralled into one place. That's see, why that makes the locations, sense. right? When we first meet them, man, it's like they're all badass. They're fighting. They're fucking terrifyingly evil. And then when they realize fucking the God C-3PO is there, they're like, ah, let's be cool. And it, yeah, it's like it kind of if you try to fit these things in there, it makes some of the other things make a little bit more sense in these movies. So why, you know, how, then how did Wicket forget all of this uh, galactic standard he learned? Well, again, if he they've been attacked relentlessly by Empire, yet here is this, you know, kind young woman has approached him, offered her food, offered him food where Candy. she does. She was holding a, a blaster. She did try to feed him. And it's like, oh, maybe Princess Leia kind of reminded Wicket of Sindel. And that is why he kind of like he let his guard down and did actually approach her. And she was kind of accepted by the Ewoks because some of these same Ewoks were the ones that met uh, Sindel and Noah back in the past. Two, two humans who saved their lives from other foreign invaders. So I would like to think maybe this is some of the reason why the rebels were able to get along with the Ewoks so well. We could try to manage jam that in there. Truth is, that's really not how it went down. To be honest, hmm. George Lucas's original vision for a Caravan of Courage even was that he wanted it to take place 150 years after the Battle of Yavin. So none of the Skywalker characters uh. could exist. But that would then force the aging of Wicket and Ewoks to then be exaggerated, much like uh, Yoda hmm. and his kin, where their lives are much, much longer, or, or Wookiees in general had lived much, much longer lives. And they didn't want to do that because Wicket was supposed to be a child. Yet yeah. Wicket's then a soldier. So they just said, fuck it. It's we're just going to parallel the timelines instead of 150 years down the road. It's only three years uh, after a new hmm. hope, um, which whatever. So long and the short of it is this one was a lot better than the first one. So I'm giving uh, uh, Battle of Endor two and a half slices. It was action packed. The sets were a lot better. The, 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 the you could tell they had a lot more budget. They had a lot more special effects. They really ran with the story and they made something that lived in its own world. We didn't bother messing around with setting up anything. All we did was give us a badass adventure with uh, characters we recognized from the last film. Uh, if nice. if you're able to to fucking survive Caravan of Courage, then you might as well go back, go back and watch uh, Battle for uh, Battle of Endor. It's it's actually a pretty pretty decent watch. Hmm. Fair enough. Fair enough. Now, uh, Dennis, we're going to move into our regular, more current movie reviews here, I think. Um, so thanks for sticking around to listen to Star Wars. If you like that, maybe listen to us rep these other movies. But Dennis, I'm going to go with another action packed movie. I'm going to tell you about a movie where there's an undercover cop infiltrating some street gangs, not street gangs, uh, some underground street racers. I'm talking about the movie The Fast and the Furious starring Vin Diesel and Paul Walker and a slew of other cats. On the street, where reputations are made. It don't matter if you win by an inch or a mile. Winning's winning. In a world beyond the law. Get it! 
time like we've done this before. We've done it ever. If you have what it takes. You want a beer? Yo, Dom, why'd you bring that fool here? Because he kept me out of handcuffs. You can have it all. Oh, yeah. Um, the classic family film series. <laughs> yeah. One thing that really stuck out to me, I did not know until I was IMDb in it. This is based off of a uh, article that was written about street racing. Like, no I didn't know there was. Yeah, there, there's a little truth to it. I mean, not to this extent, I imagine. But, uh, you know, I, I like to I, I, I've told you they've moved in such a crazy out there realm of they're not even racing anymore in these new movies but yeah this movie starts <laughs> off with a robbery of like a, a truck that has like dvd players and stuff and the, the technology used in this it's like <laughs> holy shit they're this they've they've said i had this crazy shit the whole fucking time but this movie oh man it's action-packed that there's crazy good cuts there's it has great music but the music kind of comes and goes randomly but yeah so um uh, Paul Walker is 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 uh, pretending to be a guy who sells parts for a, a, a company that sells car parts, and he somehow is infiltrating street racers. Uh, he kind of has a crush on Dom Tredo's sister, and when we meet her, we find out that it's been like three weeks or something, and he's going to the Toretto family restaurant and getting a. Uh, tuna fish sandwich with the edges cut off and even though it's bad and he knows it's bad he's going and you can see him watching dom do stuff and then we come back later on we don't even see this fucking restaurant we just see them working on like uh, cars as a car shop i'm like is this a car shop or is this a fucking restaurant or is it a car shop slash restaurant <laughs> i don't know what the fuck is going on here but there's some gems of lines here like my favorite scene might have been uh, a house party uh after like the 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 dom almost gets uh i was gonna say kidnapped or captured after dom also gets caught by the cops paul walker comes and saves him and uh then they're fucking escorted to like fucking chinatown and like yakuza type guys uh shoot up vin diesel uh, vin diesel and paul walker's car that they're riding in and it's fucking wacky they they walk back to the house they then walk in the house and there's a party and uh Vin Diesel's like, yeah, you want a drink? And he's like, sure. He grabs two drinks and he's like, here you go. You can have anything you want to drink as long as it's a Corona. And I'm like, what? As long as it's a Corona, it sounds like you're only offering Coronas here. So <laughs> what, what, which is it, Dom? Fuck. Badly. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, man. And draw rules in this. And, like, there's so it, it kind of, like, so pretty much he's trying to figure out if Dom is is one doing these like hijackings and stuff or if it's someone else and he gets in deep he falls in love with dom's sister it's 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 goofy it's out there but it's definitely setting us up for bigger and better things coming up and uh, i'm gonna give the fast and furious two and a half slices of toast okay but it could be better dang i was gonna say that's the one always night okay that's what i was curious about it's it i feel like it's a good uh, pretty soon it's gonna be kind of nostalgic for our age of like remembering a time when a cell phone was just a phone and not everything else. It was not a smartphone. Um, It's, it's one of those where it's like, it was a legit, I like that it was kind of a heist movie. It's, it's, it was a good crime movie. I like the watching the undercover cop fall, you know, 
the blur the lines between the job and who who he's uh, aligning oh, himself yeah. with. No, there's and, a point where they have a, enough information that they have enough evidence to do a bust, and he's like, "No, I need a couple more weeks. I, I swear, Dom's not in on it." And it's like, "Dude, your job's done. You've you've done what you got to do, man. Call it quits." And like I said, it's about tractor trailers, like, uh, uh like being robbed of like dvd players it's like what what is this why why does the government care about this and i, oh, I back, skipped over there might have been drugs or something but yeah no it, no that was it because if th- think about it back then the price of these th- i mean dvd players were used to be 500 bucks a piece you steal That's a truckload true. of dvd players you're talking about tens of thousands of dollars worth of merchandise and even if you sell it for half that price you're, that's thousands of dollars you're pulling in every one of these runs, and then you, hmm. the, what? It happened several times over the course of the film with the epic, the epic one at the end. Uh, and then yeah. I love that drag race that that Charger. By the way, oh, the Charger he drives at the end of the movie is one of my favorite cars of all time. Uh, specifically, like the Dom's Charger. In, I feel like it's still in the 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 universe. I feel like they still use the oh, yeah. Charger here and there. Because yep. once once they uncover it in the garage, I'm like, oh shit, that's the car. It's too it's fast. Crazy. It's it's too dangerous. <laughs> what you scared? And, and, I like, it, it. <laughs> it, it, yeah, he's like, why don't you drive it? He's like, my dad and I built it, but I don't know. My dad, I think his dad got hurt or something. His dad died in it, I think. Yeah, yeah. He got and killed it's in funny, an accident. Yeah. It's funny because it's about him and his sister, but they don't say anything about their brother, John Cena, who's in the F nine. So I want to know how that factors in. <laughs> oh, you know, they had later. no idea where it was going. And I feel like now, if correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like the first one is, it, there is no, it does, there's like, there's no lead into a sequel. It's just done. Like it can end right there. It, it can be a yeah, closed story. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, they, they, they almost have them dead to rights. Uh, the cops are coming and uh, Paul Walker is like, gives Vin Diesel his car and his keys and he drives off in the sunset of uh, essentially. Yeah. So it's, it's one and done. They think. But it, yeah, little it was, do they know. Yeah. Let's, let's give them eight more families. Um, <laughs> I'm excited uh, to see how definitely... they go down the line. You know, I'm excited to hear the rest of the rest of your lineup too. That'll be, cause this, this, be this is the one that I, w- I was least sure about. I feel like I saw it really? once when it came out on DVD. So yeah, I was happy to go and watch it. It's on HBO max currently. So check it out kids. If you haven't in a while, or if you've never seen it, you only know the spy oh. thriller fucking yeah. few, uh, modern day ones. <laughs> yeah. yeah none, none, of, none of that stuff yet. We got to work up to it first. Warm us up. <laughs> yeah. Let's go to Tokyo. But, uh, first. What, Ooh, that don't even get me started on Tokyo Drift. You get Lil Bow Wow in it. You got he's driving a car that fucking I think his like name's Twinkie. Yeah, oh, it looks like the Hulk. It's a great fucking movie. One of my favorites. Isn't Where it fits like in this element or a scion? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like something. I think it's the one like the commercials where like giant hamsters are driving around in a car back in the yeah, day. Yeah, in <laughs> yeah. It's it, but but it's God. cool when Bow Wow's driving it in Tokyo. And you got sure. like a kid from Texas, like trying to fit in drag racing and whatnot. God, uh, I hate it. It's that literally one, one of my <laughs> favorites. It really? Oh, but you and Val. Yeah. Oh, you and my wife. I love that about one. I don't. I just I'm don't telling see you, it. It's, it's, it's a modern day classic. And it, <laughs> it, it fits in oddly in, in the in the movie. It doesn't take place exactly. I forget where it fits in in the timeline because it's all wishy washy. Isn't it like parallel to the second one? Because it's technically well done is on the run. So it's like after the events of the first movie, but before the events of the third. 
as I recall, the second or movie, fourth. I don't even think Vin Diesel's in it. Uh, we got that's when we meet Ludacris and I think Tyrese. Yeah. Yep. But and Dom's not really even in the third one until the very end. He's like, hey, it's revealed. He's I'm like, gonna race you. Yeah. I'm ra- like, oh shit! I hear you racing in parking garages in Japan. So here's my big fucking charger that won't be able to make a single turn. Um, anyway, God, that's a whole. Oh. I can't wait. Uh, oh, so God. in two weeks, listen to my review of that. Next week, it's oh, okay, yeah. This is this is what I'm excited about. There's a song in the first one where they're saying "Too Fast, Too Furious," and then the next movie is called "Too, too fast, fast, Too Furious." Too, furious. Like, serendipitous. too furious. You got to give that Luda stank on there. Oh man. So what what do you got up this week? For well, first non-Star Wars. Well, for my first non-Star Wars review today, um, this was something I've dug up off the old Netflix top 10 queue. Uh, this was oh. trending uh, number three uh, this last Sunday when I watched it. Just dropped uh, this last Friday. Things Heard and Seen, starring Amanda Seyfried mm. and James Norton. Uh, hey. Hey. I think I've found the perfect house for us. <laughs> You thought this through? George really wants this. I owe it to him to at least try. You know, when I saw this place, I knew immediately it was for us. There's definitely updating that needs to be done here. Yeah, certainly could use a paint job. Yeah, but look at these bones. I love it so much. You're an exceptional husband. Then you are an exceptional wife. new in town and I would love to learn more about the older homes in the area. I don't know anybody up here. Well, you do now. My wife doesn't know what happened here. I think it would be better if we kept it that way. Um, This was a thriller that was telling the story of a couple that moved to a small town. Looks like they're they're, uh, It's in the year 1980. It's uh, Mm. funny enough. I watched the trailer for my wife and I both watched the trailer first. Did not realize it was a period piece until like five minutes into the movie and it flashed what year it was. Um, Already, I got to say right off the bat, already kind of a mark against like uh, hair and wardrobe because everything everyone was wearing except for like a couple of scenes looked like it was contemporary. The only tells were some of the appliances, like the sets. The sets were gorgeous. I will Hmm. throw that. I'll throw that out there, too. Every set looked awesome. With the houses were very lived in, the professor's offices were very neat and warm, and it looked like a university. Uh, great locations. Uh, the cinematography is fantastic, um, and huh. that is all the good I have to say about this movie. Ooh. What's Here's it about? The rest. <laughs> Another mark against it. It is. <laughs> it hits every beat of. And the here's the family trying to get away from the big city. Let's go to the small town where I can take advantage of this opportunity I've been given. And we can put all our troubles behind us. We have our young daughter and we have our new home. And let's get to know the locals. And But there's something wrong in this house. Ooh, don't, it, don't anyone tell them. Oh, you moved into which house? Oh, it was that house. Oh, my gosh. Did anyone tell you what happened in that house? And it's just this shit for forever. Uh, there's a couple neighbor kids that are like, yeah, we'll help you take care. Like we, we can mow the lawn and paint the house and stuff. And, uh, this long haired, pretty kid who's like, yeah, me and my little brother, we can, we can help you out. Uh, and we're really cheap. 
uh, will come at very little cost. Yeah. And Amanda Seyfried's, yeah, all right, sure, you can you, you can help us out. Uh, he's dating uh, this girl he's dating, played by Natalia Dyer. She catches the eye of her the husband. Um, well, and he's he's been a dick bag, like very sure. passive aggressive. Um, there's this scene where he and his daughter go to the library and it's clearly like their first trip to the library and he's reading a book with his daughter and he sees this uh, college age girl walk past with uh, this art book of this particular artist that he's known for being like, he, this is like who he teaches a class in. And of course he puts the book down. He's reading to his daughter, gets up, follows Natalia Dyer around the corner, like down, down, like across the library and starts talking, like flirting with her. And then we're like, Ooh. dude, you just left your kid. And this is a pattern he follows throughout the movie. Uh, the daughter keeps getting startled by, uh, the, like, the lights in the house do weird things at night. Whenever, I mean, to say free, uh, and her husband's character, whenever the two, the cup married couple, they start arguing, like, every night. And the lights oh. flicker in the daughter's room, and she sees, she starts seeing a figure appear in the corner of a room on this rocking chair. And it gets to the point to where when the figure appears, the rocking chair starts rocking. And then at one night, the whole chair flips over. She runs screaming into the parents' room. And the dad's pissed. And every time she comes in to like, it comes in at night uh, to like interrupt them, him trying to like have sex with their wife or they're arguing in bed, something. There's always something that like he gets pissed whenever the daughter's like scared at night to the point to where he's telling, he just tells his daughter to take his place in bed and he goes sleeps in her bed. Uh, There's just a lot of weird things like this. Uh, She's trying to make friends in the town and, but she's got like this, uh, she's hiding her bulimia the which seems to kind of it feels like a random thing they jammed into the to the character. Ugh. You know what, man, if if me trying to tell you about the movie sounds like it's wandering all over the place, it's because the movie wandered all the fuck over the place. It was two hours of pain. We know we're getting we're working up to like the supernatural element that it just feels like they're pulling teeth to get out. Every single piece of information is hand fed to you like you're an idiot. There is no, there are no twists and turns. There's nothing to come and surprise you. They assume you're so stupid and cannot understand like movie logic that we just, they're just feeding you breadcrumbs at a time from scene to scene. And that's what every, every scene feels like I'm getting fed a teaspoon of the next bit. And it's like, it's just so dry there. Amanda Seyfried, normally I like her very flat. I wondered if this was anything like that Kevin Bacon movie you had. Oh, I was going to say, I, I it was sounds say. like we're not far off it. Because you know what Val said? She, she, it's like, wait a minute, isn't this that she thought it was that movie? She that thought movie it was the was other phenomenal. Movie. That movie was great. It's called You Should Have Left. I was going to jump in and say, if you want to watch a good suspenseful horror comedy, a horror horror comedy, not a horror comedy, a horror house style movie you got to check out you should have left it was great kevin bacon and Rena seafried are married it's kind of weird but it's so fucking good the things you told me about that movie i was hoping were gonna happen here and they mm. never did it like oh is, is is it fate like is she losing her mind is it any no they don't even try to tease you with those thoughts they just keep walking down the same fucking line even once you kind of figure out what's going on they just keep beating you to death with this stupid. Oh, and it gets so stupid at the end. I hate. Okay, for those of you who have seen it, when we when we we you'll know you'll not know what I'm saying, but dear God, Adam, when you if you watch the movie, you'll 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 roll your eyes just like I did. When we see the shot of them mirroring the image on the ring, I about threw up all over myself. Val and I both let out an audible. 
oh my god i i fell over like i just like i threw my head back rolled my eyes and i just wanted i wanted to stop the movie so many times we paused the movie to look at each other and just like are you fucking serious it reminded me of watching watching uh the vanished it was excruciating to get through i the ending was unsatisfying ending was horrible horrible i just did oh one one slice Ooh, one ooh. slice is all and the and i'm being generous with that one slice it is all like i said it is all the set the sets were gorgeous and the, it was shot beautifully it looked really good everything else about it, everything else about it was trash i'm i'm sorry i know i know you were curious about this one where this came from but i couldn't i just oh it was <laughs> painful to get through well, it sounds like you saved me and our listeners uh, about two hours of our time. It's kind of a kick in the dick. One of my bosses on my current movie uh, worked on that. So I was hoping for him it'd be a good one. But uh, happy to hear I didn't waste my time. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, sorry about your friend. Uh, no offense to, you know, gig is a gig, right? I, uh, that's yeah, no yeah. comment on work ethic or a job yeah. well done. Like, like I said, there were people, pe- there were people on the shoot that did <laughs> a very good job. But there was a lot of people who allowed this piece of crap to get as far along as it did. Uh, I would like to point out this is this was based on a novel, and it yeah. felt it felt like it, and it felt like we all we did was we took we made an outline of what the, the plot of the novel was, and we had to we had to just hit all of these things as fast as we not even fast. It's like we just had to hit these points, and I just didn't care. I just <sighs> didn't. You could have you could have cut the movie in half, and it was still too much movie. It just fair enough. Oh. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to greener pastures here. Uh, you said Please. this was number three. It just came out last weekend as yes, of the Sunday we recorded number three on Netflix. I watched something that also recently came out on Netflix last week, and it currently, as the as we record, it's number one. Uh, an animated film called The Mitchells vs. the Machines. Every family has its challenges. We haven't had a good family picture in years because you two are always arguing. For my family, our greatest challenge... Probably the robot apocalypse. Attention all robots. Capture every single person on the planet. Once again, that's the Mitchells versus the Machines. It was quite the movie. Uh, it's it's produced by Phil Lord and Chris Miller of uh, Into the Spider Verse fame and the Lego yeah. movie. Uh, so y- y- you know you're in good hands. And uh, this has a such a distinct visual look to it. Like it's like a 3d but it looks slick and different from other cg stuff and they like really pull like it, it like like they put like different things from social media popping up here and there but let me get to the basis of the story here so uh there's a family called the mitchells they're kind of dysfunctional father and daughter used to be super close as, as uh, when she was a young child and they've grown apart uh she is uh, wants to be a filmmaker, so she makes little videos with her her pug and her brother and little things here and there. Oh. Her dad doesn't understand it. She wants to go to film school. Her dad kind of doesn't understand. And uh, the night before she's going to hop on the plane, go into film school, uh, she's like, Dad, can you take a look at this video? And like he essentially says, why are you doing this? Like, you, there's you, there's no future in this. And 
Uh, and she's oh. like, oh, well, you didn't even make it to the end of the movie. And like, he's like, all right, I'll watch it. I'll watch it. I'll finish it. And she's like, no, you don't have to. And then they're, they're fighting over the computer. The laptop flies and breaks and she storms off and we, we see he feels really bad. Uh, and he wants to make it up to her. He watches some old videos of them as, as her as a child and him as, a, as, as, as his, her best, sorry. He watches some videos of her as a child and the two of them being best friends doing goofy stuff and how much they loved one another. So he decides to cancel her flight and take the family on a cross country road trip. And she, she would have got to school right as a orientation and all the fun stuff's happening. She's already talked to people online. She's so excited and pumped to be with her own kind her as, as you and I know film yeah. students are, are one of a kind. They really made them sound <laughs> cool. But uh, my experience as a film student was we were not very cool. And uh, it, it just like the, the, the welcoming because she's like, oh yeah, you like this goofy type of movie like that. And it's cool. But when I went to film school, it's like, oh, you like that filmmaker? You should Ugh. like this filmmaker. But, but it's like, cool uh and so she's like wait dad we're, we're driving cross country i'm gonna miss that orientation i'm gonna miss him this and that and he's like don't worry it's gonna be fun it's gonna be great and oh man the voice cast of this movie oh phenomenal the dad's played by danny mcbride the mother's played by maya rudolph the daughter is played oh. by uh abby jacobson from oh uh, shit uh, i was gonna say two broke girls like a dumb dumb um uh, <laughs> <laughs> why can't i think Bro- of the fucking Broad city. Broad city yeah Oh man. Um, and just so many other people. But, um, so as this is happening, uh, the dad, he hates technology. He's like, if he had his way, he could live in a lob cabin in in the woods. In (laughs) fact, he built a lob cat log. I keep saying lob. He built a log cabin in the woods for him and his wife. But then when they were pregnant and had the daughter, he sold it so they could live in society. And, uh, he's always like, get off your phones, this and that. And, um, as this all happening, there's there's uh, the, the, their version of Apple is called Pal. And uh, the creator of the Pal is uh, played by Eric Andre. And he has oh. a he has like an assistant that's like Siri on his phone. They've been best friends and he's unveiling the Pal Plus, which is now it's a robot who's going to be your personal assistant, can do everything for you. And uh, Pal, uh, the, the regular Pal gets mad, played by Oscar winner um fucking what what's her name olivia coleman uh and she gets mad that he's he's throwing he literally is talking to her and they're bonding right before he goes on stage to show the world the whole pal plus system and when he gets out there he's like you won't need this pal plus anymore and he throws the phone on the ground and she gets angry and she overtakes the pal the pal plus system and turns the robots Hmm. into like evil robots and they're capturing and enslaving everyone in in the world and as this is happening of course our heroes don't know the mitchells that they are the last humans alive essentially they're just oblivious to the fact that everyone's getting captured around (laughs) and then they slowly they slowly catch on and uh And it's like the father and daughter have to come to terms with one another and they work together and they bond once again. But this movie is so fucking dark and it's so fucking funny the whole time I was laughing. Like, it's like, oh, man, I feel like everyone can be pleased. Adults, children in between everyone. Like I watched with my mother, my brother and my brother's like, what is this? And like, he's like, I didn't think I'd like this movie so much. I'm like, yeah, it's great. Uh, Like, I was so excited for this. one. like, oh, that's awesome. It's it's so freaking good. I'm going to give. The Mitchells versus the Machines, four slices of the toast. That's how Jay Damn. about it. Oh wow! Yeah, one okay. of my favorites. 
Wow. And shit. I'm trying not to say everything that happens, but you got to watch Ooh. it. It is one of a kind. It's it's, it's, it's already on my queue. Because I, oh. I watched that trailer too. I was like, I, I was torn between watching Things Hard and Seen or Mitchell's versus the Machines. And you know, I'm sorry, Val, I'm going to throw you under the bus this week. I was like, hey, all right, what, sweetie, which one do you, it looks interesting to you? And as you well, heard, <laughs> we went, we made the choice we made. You help but the podcast, are, you help the listeners. Um, we diversified, yeah. <laughs> one one of my favorite scenes, uh, one of the first plans is there's like a Mall of America type place where they can do a kill code and stop this from happening. And when they're at the mall, there's a fantastic segment. And I want to say like 10 to 15 minutes of like killer Furbies and whatnot. And that oh my was my God. favorite part of this movie. <laughs> These Furbies, like speaking Furbish, everything Furby style and just the fight that they got to go through. Oh my God. Everything about this movie is charming, witty, dark, funny, heartwarming, and just so unexpected. And I wish, I, I wish this was playing in the big screen. I would go and see it right away and I would see it in 3d. It's, ugh, I can't say enough about this. Nice man. Yeah. Well, shit. Yeah. What do you what do you got next, Dennis? Uh, the what I got next, I think we both got next. Um, this last week dropped a new movie on Amazon Prime, without remorse, from the Tom Clancy oh, universe. Shit. What we know, Senior Chief Kelly is the third member to be attacked. Three perps are dead. Killed was his wife. They better hope he doesn't survive. Why is that? He is more dangerous and effective than any man we have in the field. Continuing yeah. the uh, the Jack Ryan story, or at least the the, the kind of well, yeah, the Tom Clancy universe. Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of remaking what we've seen in the theatrical story, which again is all based on his novels. Um, this is. Now introducing a character into the fold that was uh, had a massive impact, uh, kind of laying the groundwork for who we know to be John Clark. This is going to be Michael B. Jordan's character. Uh, we're we're following the movie. I mean, just fires off mm-hmm. like the first scene. I was floored. Oh, I was yeah. just like hell yes! And, and, and immediately, this this told me I was in a Tom Clancy style movie. Like the the action. They, mm-hmm. I mean, um, this we're in this Navy SEAL mission. We just see these two dudes in this blown out building. They're looking rough. They look like they're in the middle of a war zone. One dude gets pulled underwater and killed. Another dude shot through the head from the water. And it all happens mm. just flawlessly with just a surgical precision. And it's it's this kind of precision that you expect from this this world. This it's It's not meant to be an over the top. This isn't John McClane saving the day. This is fucking lasers you know like this, this is the uh these are professionals coming and doing what they do best um where where we're seeing the resolution of a of a mission uh his team leader uh greer who we later find out is the niece of uh greer who's been working with jack ryan over in uh, uh jim halpert's neck of the woods um <laughs> uh, but that's 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 getting off to the other series uh this film is setting up where they had got, they had done a Bin Laden style raid. They executed this guy they were trying to find, but during the execution, one of the people they killed was not someone they were expecting to see, and the some guys Uh-oh. got really really pissed. 
um, super pissed that this guy was killed. And there, there is a cost for this, for this, uh, for this raid. And mm-hmm. one by one, the members of this team starts getting killed off in their hometown, like on U.S. soil. Yeah, uh, nobody knew it was coming. Like yeah. one guy was gunned down uh, in his car. Uh, another guy was gunned down, I think, in in did dead daylight and the, yeah, the, the issue yeah. that really happens here that sets this whole movie in motion of this character michael b jordan's character uh going insane he's downstairs listening to some music and his wife his pregnant wife is upstairs sleeping in bed and these guys come in there and they kill his wife an unborn child and he then he because he kind of hears them coming so he's ready for action he takes almost everyone out but one person one person escapes and oh boy, that's a mistake right there. Oh yeah. That was uh, like, that was intense. Even, even just that shootout, like the way he responds, I mean, man's just trying to eat some pistachios. (laughs) He's taking the couch so his wife can be comfortable. Like, and I like that anticipation and build up when you know it's coming. Like when he's just, oh, I loved that feeling mm-hmm. of just you know it's about to crack off, and you know he's a capable man, so he's not gonna just like let it let it slide. Yeah. Um, oh, and then I failed to mention sooner. So I actually I read the novel that this is based on mm. way way back in the day. Um, so it was interesting to see which what parallels they maintained or what story elements they maintained from the book that they continued in. The, this movie because it had it had to be changed uh for, since it's modern day the original book t- took place in the 70s so the main character is doing um it's like the a and b story is it's still a revenge story is the main is john clark's main mission but instead of it's his wife dying it's it's uh this woman he was seeing his wife had already died and he oh. was like he was already sad alcoholic he this this woman showed him a little bit of attention and uh, spent the night with him. He found out afterwards that she was a hooker and hmm. his, her pimp came looking for him and fuck it. Anyway, sorry. Now I'm explaining the fucking book. It's, it's I, like, I there's like a little, that version of the movie too. Uh, yeah. It's like, and it gets dark. So it, it explains his rage a little more of why he doesn't care about, you know, why he is without remorse. Um, why he just goes on this killing rampage of murdering pimps and gangsters in the night. But the other story is he's got, he has to go save the Senator's son in Vietnam. And he is a part of like the first ever uh, Navy SEALs. When the Navy SEALs were established in the 70s, he was one. Of, he was in that like first team ever. I like that in this movie, he's still a Navy SEAL. It's still that same. He's he's one of the main go to guys for these hardcore missions. He's tasked with this, you know, very intense job. Uh, he and Greer were given this that hit job, you know, right off the top. Um, but it's that same thing. And then he has someone he cares about gets taken away from him, which sets him off uh, down his journey. And it is a bloody journey at that. That is mm-hmm. uh, that was a good fight. And it, but it's still um, two twofold. Like you still find out there's other larger elements with who backed, who's sending these killers. It's not just the guys mm-hmm. they killed, but turns out the Russians it might have something to do with uh, what's going on. They they're backing the other half gets himself sent to a Russian prison. I believe was it a Russian prison. There was something. Well, it was a, it was an American prison that had a lot of Russian mafia okay. there. And oh boy, that fight yeah. fantastic. Oh, 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 oh. Like I'm like, how's he getting out of this? And holy shit, was I excited to watch that unfold? Get out of where I start breaking necks. That was so fucking. When he like <laughs> clogs up the sink and he's he's all mm-hmm. getting ready the for water's them. draining oh. out. 
Do I, it's, I was I was in the same place. It's like, how are you getting out of this? Like, this is insane. And then he ends up being the one making demands. Like, mm-hmm. oh, that yeah, that was so bad. <laughs> and it's uh, so there's so many things that happen in this movie. And I will say, to me, this feels like a fucking video game. It feels like everything that's happening. It's like it just feels like a video game to me. And like it's all shot kind of wide and it's intense. It, it kind of feels like we're watching just cut cut scenes put together and it's beautiful. But for me, it just feels like something's kind of missing here. Like it's like, oh, he's he's supposed to be dead. He He's in this tough situation. He gets out of it. He He's just too good. And it's like, I don't know. And some of the twists and turns, I'm like, eh, I could live without. And it kind of it didn't oh, really? drag, but it felt like it kind of dragged a little bit for me. But oh. boy, did I love the action. But this movie oh, really didn't do it for me. I don't know. Like, oh, I, wow. I love the setup. And oh, my God, the, the guy that got away turned out to be Brett Gelman, who I've only seen. Oh, Dominic, but he was fantastic. Right. Yes. Yeah. And he that his uh, the last couple scenes of the movie that he's in were awesome. That was mm-hmm. brutal. I was not ready for some like like you i've only seen him in comedic roles i was mm-hmm. not expecting him to be that intense or that serious because i remember like looking like online i'm like who's in this movie and i'm like brett gelman who the fuck is brett gelman in this i'm like oh wow and like the fact that the whole time our main character michael b jordan he thinks he's hunting down someone or something the, the way that he's he, he's put in his place in perspective turns that was kind of genius i, I like that oh he yeah finds out that it was all leading to this one point and he was kind of a pawn almost. Yep. Yeah. But um, I don't know. Something, something did not sit well with me in this. And I think this, this is just a me thing and I don't know why that is, but I mean, I liked it, but I didn't love it. It, it is what's um, to me. It reminded me a lot of the, f- that feeling I really enjoyed watching the nineties, Tom Clancy movies, like the Harrison Ford, you know, the, uh, um, without remorse or without remorse, <laughs> Patriot games, uh, clear and present danger, even the, um, you know, go back further hunt for Red October. Mm-hmm. There's a certain tone in a lot of the scenes where even without the action, I loved the, the weight and the tension you felt in the dialogue you could have. And it, a lot of it was just understood in the, the, it, in just international terms of, the way uh, U.S. is talking to Russia and how we have, like, although we may not be at war, we still have a lot of conflict and there's always mm. some sort of game, you know, quote unquote game going on. There's some sort of, there's something at play. And I, I like this world of espionage. I lo- I've always been a huge fan of it. And to me, I thought the movie did a really good job of trying to get that, achieve that feeling, but present it to a modern audience without it. To me, without it, it didn't seem like it dragged. I felt every minute moved at a really great pace. I was in it from top to bottom. Um, I I had an awesome time. And even as different as it was from reading the books, as different as it was from these the other like 90s iterations, it meshes perfectly into the Jack Ryan universe that I'm excited to see it continue to branch out. There is an excellent uh, mid credit scene that Mm -hmm. for those who are a fan of this world if you're already if you already know the tom clancy universe the next chapter is one we've been fucking waiting for for a long time i know i have and (laughs) without spoiling that one if just hearing those the what i just said might be might already tell you what it is but i number six might come into play (laughs) yes oh yes um that and which is another book of his i actually i did read cover to cover um and excellent world. I, I 
I'm excited to hear how the rest of this is going to see how the rest of this is going to go down. Um, I loved that it, it uh, called back to characters from the books. Um, uh, Ritter is a character that came, that showed up in the other movies. Um, in fact, I think he's arrested in clear and present danger. He used to be kind of on the edge. He was in the CIA, but in another department where you're like, you're not really sure if you could trust the guy, just like in the beginning of the movie. Um, mm-hmm. That's how his character was treated in previous films. So I, I thought it was kind of neat that I, I could hear names I recognized when watching the movie. I was like, oh shit. Okay, cool. But they treat, they treated him in a little bit different manner and not in a manner I was disappointed with. It was like, oh, okay. So this is how, you're going to have, you know, this iteration of the character be portrayed. Uh, same with um, Greer. Uh, didn't have in the original version. Didn't have a niece that was in the military. I liked the I liked this ver- version and I liked this character that Michael B. Jordan got to s- soundboard off of. John Clark had this buddy that understood where he was coming from and always had his back. And this is a in the, when navigating this world, there's always these types of characters of like. Where yes, technically we are fighting on the same side. I don't actually trust you because we are all professional liars. Like they are all <laughs> really good at deceiving other people. So you can't really trust all the people around you. But there's this small, intimate group of people you actually can trust. Um, nice. And I, I had a great time watching it. So I'm going to throw out there. I'm going to give it three and a half slices because it was I. I had high hopes because I have a certain expectation with the Tom Clancy world. And I already was a big fan of the Jack Ryan series, but I was very surprised with the quality we got and I enjoyed every minute. See, I'm uh, the opposite. I I saw like shadow recruit, the Chris Pine one. I still really want to check out Krasinski's show on Amazon prime. So for that, I've never read the books, played the games or any of that. I'm going to give without remorse on Amazon prime, uh, two and a half slices of toast. Okay. Great action. Great thriller, but I'm not baked in the world like you are. Maybe if I was, I'd, I'd like it a little more. I'm sure that had a, that has a huge influence in my opinion of the world. You know, I've I've been following Tom Clancy's stuff since I was too young to understand what the fuck I was. Since it was just a Harrison Ford movie to me, then I started playing the games, then I started reading the books, then I read more books, then I read, watched more of the movies, and uh, yeah, right. so I, I'm sure that was but, a heavy impact on it, but. But yeah, everything was pretty much top notch. Acting was great. Uh, the action was great. Michael G. But... Michael B. God damn! Why can't I say your name, dude? Michael <laughs> B. Jordan kicked so much ass. Like that guy. Mm-hmm. Pff, if this doesn't get him more stuff, like more of these types of action roles, he definitely can carry him. He deserves it. Like that, I would not like much to see more of it. Michael B. Jordan can't do. He is phenomenal in For everything. Sure. I see him <laughs> in. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it's too bad. Uh, oh, well, spoiler, 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 folks. I kind of hoped Guy Pierce would live. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's another well, <laughs> Guy Pierce going down again. <laughs> <laughs> now, as 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 he warns you for spoilers, everyone, here's a point of the show that we love to talk about. Dennis, are you ready to talk about Marvel Cinematic Universe's Disney Plus show, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier? I am so jazzed to talk about this week's episode with you. Um, buddy, what's up there? It's over. What do you what do you mean? It's over. What? No. So it's all gone. We we did that. We did that last week. Oh, so is the Mandalorian back? No, 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 no Mando. No Mando. Oh, here. okay. So uh, Cobra Kai. We got to talk about something, right? Oh, unfortunately, I think that, that that's gonna we're gonna 
we're going to call it in the series for now. Although I think we have some coming up on the horizon, but uh, although folks, um, I'm kind of curious though. We we did touch base with uh, game game changers. Is that something you want to hear about again? Should should you get a a recap update? Uh, should we slam you with all the episodes since the pilot? You talking um, about the Mighty Ducks? Yeah, I which it didn't you know, and I feel like we didn't get the biggest feed you know feedback draw on that one but uh, there's other series coming out i know there's other well dennis uh, aren't you ecstatic for a series that just came out uh yesterday or today uh called the bad batch hell yeah sir i i apologize it's sometimes i have a rough time uh keeping my time straight (laughs) (laughs) i I didn't think about that yes oh uh to be honest by by now i hope i've watched most of whatever's available if i'm Let's be honest. They're only going to do an episode or two at a time. Oh, I'm sure. Quickly. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, oh, I I loved the way Clone Wars series ended that last season. The tone of meeting these guys was so badass. And in those episodes, I love I was like instantly. Oh, I could easily watch a whole series of just these characters because it's so brief. We only get to know them for like two, two or three episodes before they disappear. Um into the nothingness and then we get order 66. So hmm. I'm, I'm all jacked. Now, what direction is it going to go? Are we going to pick up from where we first met them? Or are we going to see the assemblage of bad batch and get to know why are they, why they are so good at what they do? Hmm. Um, you know, I, I'm curious to see, cause they didn't just perfectly mesh together right off the bat. I'm sure. Uh, but I also want to see how do they handle, like, how do they handle Order 66? Do they have the inhibitor chips just like the rest of the clones? Or because they're irregulars, did they get around to that somehow? And the Emperor, it was like overlooked on the Emperor's fucking uh, database of all all the clones <laughs> they got. I don't know. I'm excited, though. I'm pumped. I'm all jacked. See, I don't know much about these cats because I don't follow the cartoons, but I, I heard the trailer and I'm like, ooh, that sounds like a sweet setup premise it's it's really good now it i feel like you'd be able to get into it without having to get into the uh meat and potatoes of all of the clone war series i mean it's cl- they're clones fighting the separatists the it, it really if you know the contents of of the prequel films episodes two and three really that's all you really need to know getting into it Anakin is in love with Padme and you know that they're not supposed to be together and he's slipping to the dark side. Uh, Palpatine is is the going to be the emperor and he's building up towards Order 66. You know, it's as long as you know some of the finesse of what's going on in the background, it's really about the action in front of you. It's it's more the action series. It's I like that we can strip away a lot of the politics uh, for those types of moments, especially those episodes when we're not in like Coruscant and shit in the Clone Wars series. And an episode or a series called Bad Batch, I can't imagine it's going to be anything but these guys in in action, these guys doing their thing. So whatever yeah, no, direction they take him, it'll it it's should intriguing. be exciting. It's, it's, it started just the other day on May 4th, and it looks like we're getting 14 episodes uh, going to about July 30th. So, I mean, if that's something like the audience out there might want to hear about in tandem with Loki when Loki comes out, maybe, maybe we might check it out. Maybe we might review it. I don't know. But God damn, it's May the 6th. So, I mean, I feel like it's hard not to talk about that show. Oh, we got to mention it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, dude. Yeah. I, I, oh. I'm already so excited for it. I know I, I just must sound ridiculous, but I it's at this point, it's going to be hard to 
I hard to believe that we'll be getting something disappointing from Filoni. Like uh, mm. Dave Filoni is just too, he's too damn good at hitting the mark of giving Star Wars fans more of the world they enjoy and not just jamming Skywalker things down our throat. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. not to, not, you know, not to say that that's bad, but it's like, we don't have to just live there. We have a whole universe to explore and bring it on. I am, I am, I'm excited to see it. Yeah. You know what I'm excited about, Dennis? I'm excited about a little thing called Movie Toast, the festival, which is oh, our yeah. digital online film festival that we're doing this December. So I think our audience, if we get some filmmakers out there that have short films that they want, shown to the world we want to see them so they should go over to filmfreeway.com backslash movie toast the festival or just filmfreeway.com and search for movie toast the festival uh i think it's going to be really cool we've got some sweet shit we've seen so far and we got some more submissions rolling in and we were open for a while guys so come show us your stuff we want to make a community here we talk about movies all the time but we talk about big mainstream things and indie things but we don't talk about things that you make most of the time so please send us some flicks we want to watch them Absolutely. Bring out your shorts. We want to uh, we want to see what you got. There's still plenty of time and we've got a lot of good stuff in the running. So uh, we got some stuff that will give you a run for your money. So if you think it's just going to be something easy to be able to submit and get your thing shown. Eh, well, maybe, but <laughs> we, we got a lot of good stuff. So let, yeah. let's let's hope yours can float to the top. Uh, but yeah. you're never going to know until you try. So send it on over. Give it give it a shot. Yeah, and uh, honestly, uh, we want to hear from you guys. We want to know what you think is cool, what, what you think we got right, what yes. we got wrong. So, Dennis, where can they tell us all this stuff? You can find us on all the major social media platforms. Uh, the only two you got to remember are a little different, YouTube and Facebook, Movie Toast News and Reviews. But everywhere else, it is movie underscore toast. That is Instagram. You can find us on the Reddit. We even got a Discord server. There's a TikTok account. Oh, we do. We got Twitter. Twitter. Find us. Go get it. Go get at us. Uh, tag us. Do all the business. We will respond. We'll, we're on the other end. We got people. We got we got an awesome yeah. social media intern that's that'll tag you back. Uh, or Adam and I ourselves. We just got to keep an eye out and, and look for us. Yeah, uh, we, we got get... fun stuff to post uh, back in the past. If you scroll back through what we've what we've got, we got a lot of great stuff over on YouTube. We've been rolling out some great uh, movie crumbs and toasty talks. Uh, it's 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 a lot of fun stuff. Uh, more than and the earlier, podcast. Earlier, we were talking about this thing we did for May the Fourth, which is uh, kind of like this thing we call toasty talk, which is where Dennis and I talk to the audience and we find out their movie going experience and whatnot. But we did the one with each other, asking each other intimate questions about Star Wars, and that was really fun. So you should go check it out if you haven't seen it. But we also got this other thing that we're running right now, a little promotion where we have an NFT, uh, non fungible token uh, that we want to put out there. We have a one of a kind fucking Star Wars Day celebration. Celebration made the fourth poster made that nobody's seen that uh, we want to give out to people that are reviewing our show, but not just everyone that reviews. We're going to have like a pull a name out of a hat type of situation. So if you can go over to Apple Podcasts and review our show, it doesn't have to be you don't have to watch all, listen to all our shows. If you listen to just this one or anyone and you think it's good or bad, we want to know what you think. Give us your take. Take a screen grab. Let us know that you uh, you've reviewed us on Apple Podcasts and uh, tag us over at Twitter 
at movie underscore toast and let us know you did it. We'll put your name in the drawing and you could win a poster that nobody's seen that's related to Star Wars Day and the celebration. I don't know. I, I'm kind of jazzed about that because uh, yeah. we want reviews and we want to get our art out there that our fantastic uh, video editor put together just when we told him, hey, we're doing some Star Wars Day stuff. He fucking jumped on. He's like, here's a poster I made. And I'm like, ooh, that's good. And then he made another poster that was even better. And uh, good stuff. Good stuff. Oh, yeah. It's, it's great. Great work, man, by the way. Just just throw out there. That thing looks awesome. <laughs> excited for you folks to see it and excited to hear what you got to say. So I, I hope uh, I hope the, the winner is excited as well. So come on out. Give us that review. <laughs> but um, is there something else they should do in the meantime before our next episode, Dennis? Well, folks, you know, you should just go and stay toasty. <laughs> You can have any brew you want, as long as it's a Corona.